one, go. My name's Andrea. My name's Amani, and you're listening to Raise Your Words. Um, my major is communications PR. Woo! Yeah. So what I really enjoy about the major itself was I remember two things, and I would say the creativity part and the critical thinking part. So on the creativity side, just coming up with really fun ideas for events or for like a funny post. They're a lot of fun to do. I just like coming up with those sort of things and just seeing what works and doesn't work. And that's kind of slides into the second, which is the critical thinking aspect. So again, just understanding like, you know, what is your audience? What do people actually like? What people don't like? Um, you know, what's going to draw people in? And that stuff's always kind of been fun to me because I've always been, I guess, the type of person where I guess in a way I, I like hosting. So it all kind of really worked out. And hopefully in the future I can work for a PR agency or for a nonprofit agency due to, I guess, another passion I have, which is helping others. So um, being able to use a creativity and critical thinking side to for a better cause. Because um, at the end of the day is I think nothing really does bring me joy than being able to do a, uh, a something to just make someone's life easier and happier that you know it's the best gift in the world for me so that's kind of it so Amani what is your major For those of you who don't know, I have a BA in Journalism and Professional Writing from the College of New Jersey. I have also worked as a social media manager and staff writer for Muslim Girl. And before that, I was an editorial fellow and a contributing writer for The Tempest, and that's thetempest.co. And now I'm a podcast host. And in my spare time, I really enjoy designing sites, graphics, animation, writing scripts, and novels. These hobbies that I actually got into recently were dancing and exercising due to a friend being a personal trainer. But due to COVID-19 not being able to meet up in person, uh, things have been a little bit different. So hobbies that I did beforehand were uh, painting and sewing. I've done sewing for over 10 years. I have made things such as prom dresses and got paid for it, as well as making costumes for friends, for conventions. So you name it, I've probably sewn it before. And hopefully with the skill sets I learned in my experience, I can hopefully one day open a business. Uh, and yeah, that, that's kind of it. What is Raise Your Words? Well, it's the podcast that you're listening to right now, but as you already know from the trailer 
It's also the first half of a Rumi quote. It's the idea that words have power and we should use them intentionally. As we learn from other inspiring individuals, this will be an important mantra to keep in mind. And on the subject of intentions, it was very crucial that we picked just the right title. So the title was initially Not Even Water, which is a title that Anam Ahmed actually came up with. Unfortunately, due to the fact that she's got a lot on her plate as a teacher and other responsibilities, she won't be able to co-host, but we're hoping to have her on the show as a guest eventually once things are a little less hectic. The other title that Anam and I discussed was Sorry Not Sorry, so that's S-A-R-I, not, and then S-O-R-R-Y. So now we're going to be talking about the cons of Anchor because we've already mentioned a lot of the pros in Anchor through the sponsorship, and now we'll be diving into more of the nitty-gritty details of Anchor. The first one being, after you finish filming a segment, you have to wait 24 hours before new changes can be made to the episode. And so a lot of the times what I'll do to kind of make this go quicker is I'll unpublish and then I'll republish the episode. And I'm looking forward to seeing how I learn more tricks and tips on Anchor over time. Hopefully it won't take me as long once I get used to it. But I think the main thing is knowing the difference between what needs to be said and what can be cut out and also leaving in some of the funny bits that happen throughout the segments. And now moving on to our book club discussion on The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. The Hate You Give is a debut novel. <clears throat> the Hate You Give is her debut novel about a teenage girl named Star who deals with racism, police brutality, and activism after witnessing her friend's death by the police. It's an incredibly relevant book today and forever. If you haven't read or watched the movie, I highly recommend doing that. And some important takeaways from the book was the talk Star's dad has with Star about what to do if a police officer ever stops you, how important it is to see color, especially in Chris's case because he was a white guy and he was also Star's boyfriend and so all of the things that happened with that, what you can do to change the path, well what you can do to change how people treat black people is said in the book and it's said explicitly and I highly recommend reading it if you haven't done it that already. One of my favorite quotes from the book is intentions always look better on paper than in reality. So here are some of my favorite quotes from the book and the movie. People like us in situations like this becomes hashtags, but they rarely get justice. 
I think we all wait for that one time though, and that one time when it ends right. Another quote says, Somewhat, Sometimes you can do everything right and things will go wrong. The key is to never stop doing right, which I think is a very powerful quote. What's the point of having a voice if you're going to be silent in the times that you shouldn't be? And then the last one, which is the most relevant one to this book, is Pax said Thug Life stood for The hate you give little infants Fs everybody. And if you don't know why that's such an important book, then that means you really need to read the book or watch the movie. If you would like to have a further discussion on the book, then you can check out my bookstagram account, which is at mischiefmanagedbibliophile, or you can comment on our Instagram page, that's at raiseyourwordspod, and either Andrea or I will get back to you. Hi there, and welcome to the Raise Your Words cooking segment. Today's menu is tomato cream cheese. So, if you're looking for something to spruce up your breakfast or have a fun snack in the afternoon, stay tuned. All you need is three things. Your favorite cream cheese, uh, sun-dried tomato paste, and fresh basil. Now, let's do it. So all you need is two cups of your favorite cream cheese, put it in a small container, about four to five tablespoons of sun-dried tomato paste, put that in there, and lastly, add that nice, fresh sprinkle of basil. Mix it in all together, and bam, you got tomato cream cheese. Now, I would say to taste it out once you um, spruce it all together, and you can add in a little more tomato paste or a little more basil to your prefer. That being said, I hope you enjoy it, and bon appetit! Moving on to quarantine favorites. Like we grew up like watching it. Like I still fondly remember like watching like the last episode when it was like airing on TV. So it's just like. I used to watch it on Nickelodeon back when it would air, but the thing is, it's been so long that I don't remember if I ever watched it in order. So, finally, I decided to watch it in, like, order on Netflix when it Mm -hmm. came out, and so, like, a friend of mine and I, another friend, uh, we've been watching it, and it's been so much fun re-watching it and seeing which characters I love now. Like, I realize I really hate Aang. (laughs) Oh, why is he? Why? I feel like he's such a jerk in the series. There's so many things that he does where, like, this one instance, there's this one instance where he is basically taking a letter that's 
to Kapara and Sokka from their dad mm-hmm. and he hides it from them which I totally get he was afraid that he'd be alone on the journey but then he should have known by now like those who love being with him that they're not going to just abandon him yeah that is kind of weird and it wasn't yeah it was a it was really out of character for him I kind of felt like or is but it but then I realized throughout the series there's a lot of dumb things that he does <laughs> Funny enough, like, I remember growing up, like, I was like, oh, Aang and Katara are so cute. And then, like, as I got older, I'm like, nah. Because, <laughs> I mean, really, I, I wish he ended up with Zuko. I felt like they have way more chemistry than her and Aang. Like, I feel like Aang I guess he loves her, but he shows it in the wrong way. And it's just, and it's weird because, yes, he's lived for so long, but then he has a body of a kid. So. <laughs> Aang and Katara to be more of a uh, like a like because I always saw Katara more like a motherly figure so I just found that dynamic kind of weird but also like at the same time regarding like Katara and Zuko it's just sort of like oh you have a traumatic past and I have a traumatic past that's similar bam you know so I'm like I guess but t- to be fair I mean I like my my favorite I guess too is I think Toph and uh, Sokka Oh, that's a hilarious combo. But like, I... in... Mm-hmm. I know they don't happen, but like, I could just see all the fanfic potential for that. <laughs> Cabbage scene. Do you remember that? The guy who like yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The beloved guy. Poor cabbage guy. And also, that's rough, buddy. Someone with like a disability, but this also like kind of like badass. I was like, dope. When I was re watching it, one of the things I noticed is. She's a blind character, but everyone seems to forget that she's blind. Like, Sokka will make fun of her for various things and be like, oh, why can't you see this? And Toph is like, well, I'm blind. Like, how do you not remember this? (laughs) And it's funny because when I was younger, I didn't really, I don't think that ever really occurred to me that like Toph was a blind character or anything like that mm-hmm. and now as I'm re-watching it when I'm older it's more of oh wow I realize like that's one thing I could say Avatar didn't do that great in was Toph is this badass earthbender character who has a disability but never lets it get in the way of her doing things that she wants to do, like being a talented earthbender. And I think that's a really powerful message to send, but what wasn't so powerful was having side characters like Sokka and Aang kind of tease her a lot about her disability. And I know this was, I think, created around 2007-2005, so it's understandable, but I would love to see 
Netflix take a different take with that part. I know there's been a lot of new changes in terms of the creative differences that have been recently announced by the original creators of the show and one of the things that they mentioned was that there were some creative differences that didn't pertain to the characters and that they were open to the suggestions so hopefully we will get something that we love in this new adaptation and if not hopefully it's not as bad as the movie I'm a huge fan of Toph, Katara, Momo, Sokka, and Appa. I would say Aang took a little bit of getting used to, but he is a lovable character, though he does a lot of really dumb things throughout the show. One of the other things that I love that this show tackles is racism and other real-life issues. Friendship is a huge factor in the show, and the dynamics between each of the characters is really unique, and I loved that. I also love that we get a bit of a cultural background for each of the characters, like even the Fire Nation has their own culture, the Waterbending Tribe has their culture, and the different traditions that come along with that. They couldn't do it in person this year, so this year, from the comfort of my home, <laughs> with the tea because we keep it on brand. <laughs> I actually got to listen to a lot of my favorite authors on Vine, and one of my favorite ones was Hafsa Faisal. So she's the author of We Hunt the Flame. She's an Akabi Muslim writer, and her new book that is coming out in January is called We Free the Stars and that is a book I'm really excited to because it tells the story of Zafira and Nasser and it's this enemies lovers trope and so their story continues in the sequel and I'm so excited to see how it unfolds. I really hope she doesn't kill them off because knowing how the first book went I am kind of worried that some of my favorite characters might be killed off. <laughs> hopefully don't take it down the game, Game of Thrones route. Hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> so, but I've heard so much hype for the book as well, but a lot of people who have already gotten the digital art have told me that it's really good and it's worth the read, and I can't wait to get my hands on it eventually. Mm. Fun fact about Hafsa Faisal, for those of you who don't know, she is also... A Sri Lankan author. She's from Sri Lanka originally and then she moved to the US when she was younger and so she's an American Sri Lankan just like me which is really cool to see because she is the author of a really popular fantasy novel. And then the other book that I wanted to talk about is Not So Pure and Simple and that's by Lamar Giles. So he is an African-American uh, he is a black writer who talked about how he wrote his book during his master's and it was actually for his master's if I'm not mistaken it was part of his I think thesis mm. 
And one of the really cool things was afterwards he pitched it so well that I was just like, I need to read this book. And so I read it. I got it online, and uh, I needed to read it because the way he pitched it just sounded amazing. Another book that I also got because of BookCon was Dear Martin, and this is by Nick Stone. And we're actually going to be doing an episode on this later in depth, so I'm just going to briefly talk about it. It's inspired by a case that happened where somebody had quoted out, oh, what would Dr. King do in this time? And so from that uh, question, Nick Stone was actually inspired to write this book called Dear Martin. And so the story of this high school boy whose name is Justus, and he's a straight-A student, and he's super smart, but then one day he's at the wrong time or wrong place, and somehow he's the one in handcuffs. And so it tells his story of how he got there. It's really interesting. Which is a really relevant story to today's time, too. So I would highly recommend reading it if you haven't already. All right, so check it out. No, it, it is actually really relevant. Um, that kind of reminds me, um, I, I, would, I would like to say, I guess sort of pivoting a bit, but I think still, I think on topic is how do you feel like seeing someone who is seeing like a representation of you so like an author who is Chevalk and American do you feel that you feel like represented do you feel like oh there's someone who looks like me and you know I'm not alone and seeing someone within that light motivates me to keep following my dreams yeah I would definitely say it helps especially since there's been a lack of representation for Muslims and other minorities for so long so it's definitely really nice to see that representation starting to shine now a little late but at least late is better than never I suppose I guess that's the way I see it I know some people are very like adamant about how it should have been done sooner and yes it should have been done sooner but at the same time we're getting it now another really good example of good representation in Islam is a book called Love from A to Z by SKLE. Not only does it show a character with MS, it also shows a character who went through Islamophobia, a character who is dealing with a sibling who has a disability and so many other things going on. And on top of that, it also shows a love story, which is why it's one of my favorite books. You can see why there's there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot in there there's so much that is unpacked in that story and most people would be hesitant to read it because it deals with a lot but i think she tackles everything really well mm-hmm. and i've actually gotten to like i've gotten to interview this author uh for an article that i did earlier on and it was really cool to see how she explained why she decided to tackle those real life issues and one of the things she said is because for so long we'd get these generic love stories of this Muslim girl being saved by a white guy or like various other things which might be true to some people but I think for me it was really nice to see a more traditional story and it felt very authentic to me. Actually, funny enough, there's there's one thing I saw. I think it was a, a, a week or no, a week, a month ago, which is the white savior complex and tropes regarding like films and uh, books, which I think you might be very familiar with. Oh yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, 
I mean, I mean, no, which is I think something to really look on because I remember for like such a long time, like even as a, as a, as a white person myself, when I would always like watch films like that, I would always sit back and I'm like, why, like, why does it the white person always have to save like, uh, like a person of color or someone who's brown? Like, why can't they be the hero, right? Like, I always just sit there and like, why can't they be the hero? Like, what the hell, right? But I'm happy with again with the increase of the conversation. I would say due to again with, uh, I would say. The internet and social media has made a big play on that. We Hunt the Flame is an enemies to lovers trope that talks about Zafira and Nasser's story. The first quote is, people lived because she killed, and the next one is, people died because he lived. We'll be having a more in-depth discussion about this book on the blog once that's up. Moving on to tea time. Bonnie, uh, we're talking about other parts about the quarantine favorites. So we could talk about food wise, besides uh, delicious uh, boba, we can also talk about teas. So, what is one tea that you've been really enjoying since quarantine? I mean, this was even before quarantine. <laughs> But I really love the salon Sri Lankan tea. That's probably the one Sri Lankan thing. That's probably the one Sri Lankan thing that I absolutely love. It's really good if you make it on the pot and then you... Some people like to put ginger and spices. I do not like ginger in my tea, so I don't do any of that. Um, if I'm feeling fancy, I'll make it on the stove. If I'm not feeling fancy and I'm just in a hurry and I want to get work done, I do it the quick and easy way, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is basically just boil the water, using a kettle, then adding the tea and milk. But I do like to whip to the beater and kind of beat the milk before I um, pour in the tea. So what I do is I first pour in the milk and then I pour in the tea, and then you get this nice little fizziness or uh, not fizziness, but you get like these bubbles that form at the top and so like it gives you this like warm nice drink it's and i really love that so that's how i would make it like the long process if i was in a hurry and i like just needed to get to work just hot water that's boiled put in a tea bag put in the milk put in the sugar and then i'm back to work so <laughs> there's the quick way or the long way it's kind of funny and it's really like the long like your long way is like how i've been making tea for years i'm just like that's the only way because <laughs> like i i think because like as like you just you just put the thing on the kettle but then again people use like electric kettles and i think that's really cool i got no room in my kitchen but like man those electric kettles like, how would you describe the flavor of the tea that you described is it like a savory flavor very strong okay. it's like strong but it has like a hint of cinnamon sometimes depending on which brand you get mm. and the one that I like the most has a little bit of cinnamon there's another one that is just a Lipton one which is the normal one that you can get you can get these at your like local grocery stores or if anything you can also get it in your you know um 
well, where I get to pee is from Sean's that won't help any of you. So, you know, if you really want to care, if you really don't care about COVID and just want to like free ball it, you know, tickets are cheap. Go for it. Just yellow it. Actually, tickets are more expensive, but. Oh, they are? Okay. Well, never mind, guys. You know, just forget all that. Forget all that advice, I guess I have to give. So, all right. So, would you say you recommended? But, yeah. So, that would be one of the teas. And then the other tea is Doma, which is another Sri Lankan tea, but it's, like, really strong. Mm -hmm. That's a really good tea for people who like something that is not coffee, but is still give you that black caffeine drink so i would recommend that to you if you are more of a tea drinker but you want something really strong okay so if if people who like strong strong drinks okay because what about you andrea what do you like in terms well just like you i've been doing this thing this tea thing before quarantine as well but i've been doing it more often due to because i have i have the time now (laughs) So um, there was this cafe, and I forget where it was, and they had this delicious, delicious tea latte. It was a vanilla lavender latte, because two things I love, vanilla and lavender, and made it into a tea, and then I remember drinking it at a cafe, and I was like instantly inspired, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to recreate this at home, like such. So what i did was um it's not exactly it but like it kind of carries the essence so what i've been doing lately but not much now because it's getting a lot hotter but i'll talk about the second tease um so what i did more like within the colder months uh is again like a lavender uh a lavender uh vanilla latte so what i would do is i bought a like herbal caffeine free uh lavender tea bags. So what I would do is I would brew that um, and after I would brew it um, at the same time um, I would steam milk. So I would put, I would say I, I, measurement wise I can't really say but like very less milk. Like you don't put that much milk in your tea. Like if you put a lot of milk in I, I, I don't know what to say. Like you, you might need help. I don't know. But you put a little bit of milk in tea. That's usually what you do. So what I do is I'll put a little bit of milk um, in a different, um, cup, I would get, uh, uh, a little bit of vanilla extract, and then after I would mix it up, I would steam it, and after I would steam it, bam, there you go, so I put two sugars in, um, I pour in the steamed milk, I pour in the, uh, uh, brewed lavender tea, and then I mix it all up, and then bam, I got my lavender vanilla latte, so if you want to try that within more of the, uh, warmer uh colder months highly recommended but if you want to really try it and and if not i recommend also just putting some a couple of ice cubes if you put ice cubes that's also fine as well i for me just like that drink more in the colder months because it's just more cozy because i don't know i like frothy drinks during the during the warmer months it just makes you feel all fuzzy and warm and the second thing I've been doing really lately, which I've been doing for years, but let's just keep it with the quarantine favorites. Just keep it on brand. Let's keep going. Is um, uh, herbal tea. So basically just iced tea minus the normal iced tea. Hear me out. Um, so what I would do essentially, right? Uh, so what I would do is I would just, I just you, you can get this at your local store too. It's just, it's a box full of different uh, herbal um 
like fruit teas. So this one had like blueberry and orange and raspberry. So like all different types of flavors. So I would usually buy one of those. Uh, I would brew it um, and then just uh, put ice in it and then mix and put some honey in it and mix it all up. And then I would just pour it and then get a uh, metal, mental, uh, mental, whoops, a metal straw, not mental straw. I'd be, I'd be, I hope the straw's okay. Um, so be, and then I put a metal straw and then there we are, you're done. Um, and I really enjoy those. So if you, um, for the first one, if you like for like the lavender uh, vanilla teas, if you like them, if you like something that's very frothy and sweet and delicate, I recommend one of those. And that was uh, a great tea ramble of quarantine time. Moving on to K-Corner, so this is where we'll be talking about the Korean dramas that we want to react to and ones that we've already seen. First one is I'm not a robot. Hi, and welcome to K Corner, where Amani and I are going to be reacting to a K drama in a future episode. The K drama and topic, I Am Not a Robot, released in 2017. The story starts off with Kim Ming Kyun, a wealthy and successful man who lives in isolation due to having an allergy to people. Having the love for inventions gets the opportunity to test out a new high advanced android, AB3. Created by a genius robotics professor, Hung Bek Kyun, and his team, until a single drop of water breaks the android. In a panic, Hung Bing Kyun calls up his ex-girlfriend, Jon Lee Na, a wannabe inventor who's physically based off AB3, and steps in as an understudy. At first, she instantly refuses, and is later convinced by a promise of getting funding for her next invention project, Will Kim Ming Kyun and Jon Lee Ah fall for each other? Can Hump and Kyun rekindle a lost spark with Jon Lee Ah? Stay tuned to find out! It is the romantic fantasy comedy that tells the story of a caregiver of a psychotic, psychiatric ward who refuses to love because of his heavy life's responsibility and a fairy tale writer who doesn't know about love because of the way she was born. The two will meet and embrace each other and heal their own wounds. As so this drama also shows the life of a kid with autism as well as mental health issues and other issues that take place and it tackles it really well and in addition to that it also talks about unrequited love and the various struggles that come along with that. is currently the head of the video 
department at The Tempest, that's thetempest.co, and she's in the process of some exciting projects. You can follow her at Say the Name Ahlam on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll find out more about what she's doing and what she's currently up to in our next episode. And now, for a little behind the scenes from the trailer. So for those of you who don't know, the 2019 reboot basically... opportunity to broaden your culinary skills and discover a whole new appreciation for food without the intimidation of taking expensive cooking classes and the judgment of food snobs. This will be a bi-monthly pod and a this will be a If you liked this podcast, don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this from your phone or computer. My name's Andrea. And my name is Amani. And you've been listening to Raise Your Words. My name's Andrea. My name's Amani, and you're listening to Raise Your Words.